everyone, and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. It's Jonathan, your host, and today I brought a special friend of mine, a guest here on the podcast, and we'll talk a little bit about him in just a minute. But I wanted to say welcome back to everyone that's been listening. I really appreciate your support. And if you're new, um, you're in for a treat. This is a good podcast here where I interview one of my friends and uh, some struggles that he's overcome and how he lives his best life out there in Colorado. Um, But here at the Red Beard Outdoors podcast, we talk about health, fitness, the outdoors, and family, kind of those three things, umbrella, uh, pretty much my life. And so I like to share that with you, just in the hopes of inspiring you to also get out and live and love your life. And that's what I'm here for. So I'm also over on Instagram at red.beard.outdoors, Facebook as well, if you would like to make some changes in your nutrition or fitness and want some help getting on the right path or joining me in my personal journey, uh, you can also join our private Facebook group, which is the Redbeards Fit Crew. And I'd love to have you over there. So shoot me a message and I'll get you those uh, details and, and that information. The links are also below in the show description, along with uh, any other companies that I trust, that I personally use, and that I work with. And they trust me enough to uh, give you guys a little discount code uh, in some of the links below. So check that out. So today we have Jonathan Grant, and he's a guy that I met during the MBA program at the University of Utah. And he has a passion for the outdoors. He does mountain biking. He's done a couple of charity events uh, where he raises money and goes and he he recently did I want to say it was a a 50k um, bike ride mountain bike ride super intense and uh, but he's overcome some amazing things in his life uh, where he was involved in and I'll let him tell his story a little bit better and I was actually a little surprised that he went into a lot of detail that I didn't know previous to this to this podcast and this recording so I appreciate him and him sharing his story as to how he was able to overcome many things that grip people throughout their entire lives. He didn't let that hold him back, and he makes a daily promise to himself. He wakes up every morning and makes a commitment to not fall back into those same old habits. And I'll let him go into that and how he overcame those struggles to to be living his best life out in Colorado. So without further ado, here is Jonathan Grant. All right, well, we got Jonathan Grant here, a good buddy of mine that I met in the MBA program at the University of Utah here with us today. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to ask Jonathan a little bit about his journey here. Um, obviously, being a fellow Jonathan, it's he's, he's living his best life and, and enjoying uh, living out in Colorado where there's so many things that you can do as far as the outdoors. But um, I don't know, give us a brief rundown real quick, John. Uh, how did you get into... I don't know, just maybe your background, give us some of your background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first thanks. Thanks for having me. I've, I've been listening to the podcast since, uh, since around the time it started and it's, it's really progressed. So it's kind of an honor to be, to be involved in it. So thanks for having me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm originally from Colorado, I uh, lived here until I was about 10 and then, um, moved out to Utah, actually, um, about an hour North of, of where you live in, in Ogden, um, lived there till I was about 20. And then went to Kansas City, uh, where I went to college. And really, I always knew I wanted to get back home to Colorado, where all my family was. And uh, 
and the outdoors. And you know, Kansas City is a, a fun city, but they don't have much in terms of the outdoors. So I knew that wasn't going to be my forever home. And uh, took me a little bit longer than than I had planned to get back out here to Colorado. But um, I've been back here about ten years, and all of my family's here except my brother. So uh, I feel pretty blessed to have all of them really close and um, get to see them pretty often. So I'm happy happy to be where I am. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Uh, growing up in Colorado, what, what were some of the things that maybe you did? Was it with your family, friends, kind of a mix of everything or just by yourself that you got into uh, mountain biking? What, what are some of the things that you did growing up? Um, really, I wasn't wasn't too into the outdoors growing up. I mean, I, the, the town I lived in um, in Colorado when I was younger was out on the eastern plains. So it was kind of a farm community. Uh, we did some hunting and things like that, but I was young enough that really, you know, I think the the biggest extent that we really did was like um, cottontail rabbit hunting. Um, so that was that was a pastime that, that my grandpa and I shared that, um, you know, I'll always remember those times with him. Um, but it, it really wasn't until, um, I mean, even when I lived in Utah, I feel like I didn't really take advantage of the outdoors like I should have. Um, it, it probably wasn't until a little bit after college when I came back to Colorado, when I really started taking advantage of everything around me. Um, you know, there, there was such beautiful country when I lived in Ogden, uh, just north of you in Salt Lake. And, you know, I go back now and I, you know, I just have a different mindset now about life and everything. And I just think like, God, this is paradise. And I'll, well, I didn't, I didn't take advantage of any of that. I mean, it's just right in your backyard and I just didn't, didn't take advantage of it, but uh, I definitely am now. Oh yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't, when I picture Colorado, I picture like Colorado Springs and Denver. So I, I forget there's an Eastern part of Colorado that's a little flat. Um, but that that's cool. And definitely uh, Ogden's got some good, from what I understand, some good snow sports skiing and stuff. I'm not really into that, but, um, yeah. So, okay. So growing up on the Eastern Plains of, of Colorado, then, uh, Ogden, and you still weren't really into, uh, the outdoors very much. And in Kansas, you realize how flat the world really can be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, you went back to Colorado. So what got you into wanting to take advantage of uh, just being outside? I mean, what, what drew you to, to the activities that you love? Well, I mean, I, I really uh, got some good advice from my brother-in-law, uh, Josiah. Um, when I moved back here to Colorado, I was, I was still uh, with a girl that I had been with for, I think close to about five years. And, and she stayed in Kansas city when I made that move. Um, the goal was that she was going to eventually come out about a year later and, and live with me here in Colorado. But really, I mean, looking back now, it was a very toxic relationship. Um, and we, we both weren't very happy. So in that year's time where we were doing long distance things, things really crumbled and, and I had put all of my eggs into that basket in, in terms of, you know, this, this was going to be the girl I was going to be with. And when that was gone, it was, I was just, I really felt lost. And uh, so my, my brother-in-law, Josiah, we were hiking down in Salida and he, you know, we got to talking about it and, you know, I, I, him being a little bit older than I was, I asked him, you know, what, do you have any advice for me? And he, he said something that kind of always stuck with me and is that, you know, dive head first into the things that you love and that, that make you happy. You know, everything else is going to come. I mean, if you're, if you're doing the things that make you happy, you're going to be a better version of yourself. That's going to attract other people. So don't, don't go out necessarily looking for a new girlfriend to, to heal your broken heart. Just make yourself happy, you know? And, um, 
being that I was kind of new to the area, I'd only been here about um, about a, less than a year when he gave me that advice. I just I bought myself a mountain bike not long after that, and um, I've I've been snowboarding since I was about ten. So I guess in my time in Utah, I was taking a little bit of advantage of the of the outdoors, uh, mostly with snowboarding, but um, started doing that a, a heck of a lot more. And and really with with part of that toxic relationship, um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of drinking going on. We both we both worked in the bar industry and. We really kind of identified our, you know, I look back now and I, I kind of can see how much of that alcohol and party guy was part of my identity for a lot of years. And um, after that breakup, you know, my health was was terrible. I don't I don't quite remember what I was weighing, but it was it was much heavier than I am now. And so just to try to try to improve myself and, and make myself happier with who I was as a person physically and, and how I felt, um, I, I joined a CrossFit gym. And here in Colorado, there's a very, uh, it's, it's, I imagine it's probably true with a lot of CrossFit gyms, but it's, it's really tight knit community. And a lot of the people are very outdoor minded. So pretty quickly, I was making all, a lot of new friends that, Hey, you want to go do this after the workout tonight go do on this hike or making weekend plans to go do 14ers or, um, things like that. And so it just, I think it was a combination of, of how, how I was trying to better myself and just, that's just kind of what you do here. You know, I was lucky to find some good friends that kind of took me under their wing and made me feel like home at the gym. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I can relate to that. I'm starting to sip the Kool-Aid a little bit of that CrossFit lifestyle and uh, it's hitting my competitive side a little too hard. I was actually talking with uh, Dan from, from Elk Shape and uh, is, you know, Dan, the fitness man is what it goes by outside of Elk Shape. And, uh, and he, he's kind of pushing me a little bit. He's like, cause he knows how competitive I am. And he told me, he was like, you need to go sign up for competition. And I was like, not quite ready. I'm still working on my muscle ups. And he was like, dude, you're, you will exponentially increase in your ability to do things. Once you sign up, just that competitive nature that you have. And I was like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm teetering with that right now. Um, I always laughed about it cause I was a traditional lifter. And uh, I, I dabbled in power lifting for a little bit, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, there's a sport side to, to CrossFit. And I, I agree. There's a lot of people that, especially if you get with a good community, obviously there's bad, bad apples everywhere, but um, if you get a good trainer and there's definitely that tight knit community where they, they all drink the Kool-Aid of CrossFit and mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, it, that's awesome. That's cool to hear. So you got into mountain biking. And, uh, and I know that's a whole thing. I, I'm not super into that because my balance is terrible. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so that that's not, I don't get crazy into it. I, I enjoy a little bit of downhill, but probably not anything that you do. Um, I'm not nowhere near as good as, as you at that. So, uh, what do you like so much about, um, uh, mountain biking? What's something that you enjoy there? Really hard. Um, uh, that, that's what I like about it. It's, it's a challenge every, every single time. I mean, I've, my my skills as a as a biker have really grown in the last probably three years because I've really I put a lot of effort into getting better. Um, it it gets to a point I think when I get I'm the type of person I get a little frustrated. Maybe it's a guy thing, um, but I get frustrated when I'm not good at something and and I always feel like I can be better. And so you know something that you say a lot on your on your podcasts and on your stories is you know always be tinkering. You know and so 
if I, I took a certain line on, on a downhill run one day and it's, that's great. Well, why don't I try to go over the more difficult line? See if I can do that. And if I, if I don't, that only makes me want to do it even more. If I, if I failed the first time, I, I want to go back and do it because I want to say that I can do it. And then once you've done it the one time, you've got the confidence going into it again, that, um, you know, you, you, you know that you can do it because you've done it and therefore you just, you just do it. And then it's, so it's, it's always like, what's the next step. And, uh, you know, it's here in Colorado Springs, um, it's about two hours to any of the ski resorts. And so one of the things I like about mountain biking versus snowboarding, I still love snowboarding is that with snowboarding, it's not a full day, or I'm sorry, with, uh, with mountain biking, it's not a full day event, full day event because with, um, you know, traveling two hours each way plus skiing, that's, that's all day. Whereas mountain biking, I live, live right here on the, um, on the West side of town. So I can just leave from my house, go out and bike for an hour or two hours and be done. Um, so it's, it's, you know, i I was born pretty athletic. So it, uh, I was blessed for, blessed to have some kind of natural athleticism. And, uh, so it's, it's something that, you know, I, I put in the effort and I started seeing the results, which, which really only added more fuel to the fire. Um, I've, I'm, I'm excited about where I can go from here. And I'm excited about the, the journey that I've, that I've had. And, you know, I've met some really good people through mountain biking. My girlfriend and I share, uh, share a passion for mountain biking. So we, we get out and do some, uh, pretty great rides. We spent some time in Moab recently. So, um, it's just, it's just something I never really expected to, to fall in love with mountain biking like I have, but, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm in it. That's awesome. Yeah. The little bit I've dabbled in it. Um, I probably have fallen off more than I've stayed on, <laughs> but it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a challenge. I like that. I, uh, yeah, I, some of the videos that I see you post and, and things that you do, I, I can't imagine. Um, I, I can't do those narrow lines and I, that's crazy. But yeah. I can't take full credit for that. Um, the always be tinkering. I stole that from Dan too. Uh, yeah. he, he started that with obviously with, with, uh, his archery, always tinkering with his bow, set up his arrows, and, um, and he talks, you know, I went to his camp last year and I'm going to go, or I guess this year, and I, I'm going to go again next year. Uh, and he talks about that same concept. And I, I love spreading that message, um, of always be tinkering. And today, uh, today's actually, you know, tinkering Tuesdays. I want to make that a thing, uh, but tinkering with everything in your life. Um, I'm not much of a, I was never much of a Legos guy growing up when I thought of tinkering. And, and even now I still kind of think of like, uh, Legos and engineers and messing with machines. But in all reality, you know, tink tinkering with your bike setup or tinkering with uh, the line that you take, or uh, when you're in school, you know, as we're suffering through the MBA program right now, uh, mm -hmm. getting ready to get done with that, um, you know, tinkering with the way you study, the way you apply the things that you learn. Uh, maybe, you know, this lesson wasn't as productive as you wish it would have been because someone went off on a tangent during class, but, you know, taking something from that, there's always something you can tinker with. And I, I do love that message. I think it's awesome that, and then you're, you, you've found through that a community and also, um, you know, a new relationship that kind of has been, you know, attracted to you by you being the happiest and best yourself, you know, who you are. And uh, I think that's awesome. I, I kind of want to go back a little bit to um, some things that you've gone through in your past, and we talked about this um, during residency uh, when you came out to Utah uh, for the MBA program, and uh, how you, you know, you were with 
some of your friends from Ogden, from your, your youth, and they're kind of stuck in what you and them used to do. They still talked about their glory days in high school and, and you've like well moved on from that. Not to say that you're, well, no, you, you, you've got a better life. I was going to say not to say that you're a better person, but you are, you're a better person. You've evolved, you've moved on from those things. So um, as much as you feel comfortable with, I know there's a lot of people out there that are, are dealing with either toxic relationships, whether it be with a friend, a significant other, both. Um, they feel stuck that they can't get out of that rut. What's something that you did? We'll start with, um, you know, your friends that you were able to get out of that situation and leave that toxicity behind to, to improve your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it would have been probably about 2004. Um, we, we had just just graduated from high school and had a really close-knit group of friends. Uh, this was when I was living in Ogden. Um, we we had all dabbled in in some drugs at at different points in high school and uh, we really like where where it got into trouble for me was we we started um, I guess it would have been my junior year of high school. Uh, a friend had introduced me to to smoking meth, um, which was kind of a kind of a big thing at the time I don't know if it's still a big thing there now but um and and I just absolutely loved it um I went went kind of deep into that for a pretty pretty quick period I think I was you know I had some family members kind of come swoop me out of that environment um kind of not not by my choice um about six seven months after I had got into it and really I think that that saved my life um ended up coming back from back to Utah after I had gotten clean and everything. And it was about 2004 and a lot of my friends were, were still doing it. Um, they were respectful. They wouldn't do it around me. They knew I didn't do it. Um, and then a, I guess it was, um, the, the girlfriend that I had at the time, she was like my high school sweetheart and we had split up, split up recently and she started doing meth with, with my friends. And, um, you know, it was, it was just something I really, really struggled with. And I thought, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I want for myself. You know, I don't want to live this life. And uh, so I, I just decided it was time for me to go. Um, my sister was living in Kansas city uh, doing her, uh, going to medical school. And I just, it was my, my spring break. I was going to Weber state at the time, um, took my spring break, drove to Kansas city and kind of was, was chatting with her about it saying, I, I feel like I need to do something different. And um, she kind of encouraged me to to just make the leap, and uh, and so I did. I started applying to some schools in Kansas City and, and got accepted, and 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 decided to make the move. And that was the biggest, probably the scariest thing that I had done up to that point in my life, because I had moved before. I moved from you know Colorado to Utah, then Utah to Texas during that kind of get my life on back on track period, and then back to Utah. But those were all kind of family moves. Um, this was the first time I was going out on my own. So it was, it was pretty scary. And, uh, but, but I, but I decided to make, make the leap and, um, you know, it, it ended up being, being a, a great decision, but, uh, I lost track with a lot of those guys. There was, uh, one of my closest friends, he, um, come, come to find out he didn't quit doing meth for probably another 10 years after I had left. And, um, you know, we're, we're close now. He's, uh, or we're, closer again. Now he's, he's doing better. He doesn't, doesn't do drugs anymore. I, um, you know, I, I think, I think he, he still drinks a little bit, but, um, 
you know, it's good that he's he's on his feet, but I can see that you know, kind of the long term damage of of what that did to him. You know, I mean, he's he's I still love him. He's still a great guy, but he's different because you know, ten years of heavy drug use is going to do long term damage to your brain. Um, and and there's implications of of the choices that he made. I mean, the, I, I I agree with you that I'm not saying at, at all that I'm I'm a better person, but due to some of the choices that that some of my friends had made they're they're felons so that's going to limit the types of jobs they can get it's going to limit you know a lot of their opportunities in life and coming back and and kind of catching up on all these years that i had missed by talking to to some of these old friends and getting together it was great reminiscing and it was great seeing them but it just makes me so so thankful that i got out when i did because that could have very easily been me and um, you know i think sometimes with you know the stresses of my job and the MBA and all you know life, regardless of what you've got going on, you've got stress. But it really it really kind of showed me that I you know I, I've I've still got things pretty good. I mean it could it could have gone a completely different way, and I don't think that would have been a better way at all. No, definitely, and that's that's a that's that's a really hard story. You know, you I personally have never dabbled in drugs so i don't know the grip that that can have on someone um but i know people that have and i've seen what it can do to them and so kudos to you man for making that decision um it's not easy to leave your hometown it's not and i, I would say that's a hometown i know you grew up in colorado but also ogden you had a good group of friends you graduated high school there um and you were going to college like you had a, a tight-knit group of friends there and uh, the fact that you were conscious enough to to realize that this wasn't the path that you wanted to go down. Um, and obviously, you know, from the little limited knowledge that I have about uh, methamphetamine, it's just uh, that that's one of the harder things to get rid of that that's got that gets a grip on people and doesn't ever want to let go. And so um, that that's awesome that you're able to, to get out of that situation. And I, I agree. I agree with you as far as getting completely removing yourself from that situation. It's good that you had family members and you said your sister, right? Um, that was out in medical school in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. So that you had someone that was willing to provide that support, but you also did your part. And that's the biggest thing um, that I always tell people. I will give anyone the support that they need if I'm seeing that they're willing to put in some work it sounds like your sister was the same way. She gave you some advice, but you put in the work. She didn't apply to colleges for you out there in Kansas. She didn't pack your bags and and drive you out to Kansas. Um, she just provided an opportunity and you took it. And I think that's something that, you know, you could probably always look back on that, on that moment where you had that kind of awakening where you were like, I just need to get out of here. And then you had people that were reaching out to you. So that's, that's awesome. And, um, that's amazing that your sister was willing to do that for you. Uh, that that's, I think that's something that a lot of people can learn from as well. You know, if you're in a spot, like what you were saying, maybe you've got stressors going on. She was obviously stressed going through medical school, but still willing to show that love and that charity, um, towards you, obviously as her brother, but someone who is, who is suffering and wanted to get out of that, that that's amazing. Um, and that takes some strength from you, dude. And that that's awesome that, uh, that you're able to do that and to come back to that situation years later and see where you would have most likely ended up. I bet that was probably 
a big eye opener for you to see because you're you're successful. You're really successful in what you do. I mean, come on, you got the cutest puppy in the world. You got an awesome <laughs> girlfriend. Uh, you're into you know, mountain biking. You live in some of the most beautiful country out there in Colorado. And uh, I mean, you've got you've got an awesome life. And uh, just you. to see just to see that one little change of, of saying, OK, I'm done. I'm heading down this different path. Just like you were saying, choosing that different line on the mountain bike. And then you, I'm sure it wasn't easy. You probably got denied to a couple of schools and, you know, you had some other situations that, you know, maybe were, were hurdles that you had to get over. It wasn't just a smooth sailing over to your sister's house, but you still continue down that path. And, and so that, that's awesome. That's, that's great to hear. Um, and, and then to go into, did your girlfriend follow you out to Kansas city? Cause you were saying there was, there was a girlfriend in Kansas city as well, the toxic relationship I- out there. No, no, the, the girl from Utah, she, she stayed, she's, she's always lived there. We're, we've stayed in touch, you know, through social media. She's doing great. She's uh, married, got some beautiful kids. Um, and, but the, the toxic relationship was in Kansas city was uh, a girl that I had met in college uh, in Kansas city. And gotcha. uh, you know, as, as far as I know, I think she's still out there, but we're um, of all the relationships we, we didn't, we don't stay in touch. So. Yeah. And so, and then, I mean, so you went from, you know, you got out of a toxic situation, you moved out to Kansas city where things good for a while. And then you fell kind of back into some old habits, routines. And when you met this girl or did it just kind of, I mean, what, what happened there? It's kind of well, really, overview. yeah, I, I, uh, I, I guess I kind of alluded to it a little bit here. I, I think the, the, the habits were happening the whole time. I, I think the reason her and I, had clicked uh, the the girl from Kansas City that I had met in college was that she had a lot of the same habits. Um, so you know I've I've got a really addictive personality. Um, you know doing you know my days with my days with meth showed me that and you know mountain biking the, that's not addictive. CrossFit that's not a that's not. A, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna get I, get to that at some point was that I I think I've I've you know thankfully have shifted my my addictions towards things that are a little bit healthier. Um, but, I, but definitely, you know, through college, um, even before I started working in the bar, alcohol was a huge part of my life, you know, even, even back into high school, when I think about it, um, you know, so much of, so much of it, I, I just kind of became the party guy. And that was just kind of how I was known. It was easier being, you know, being that I was at a new college, um, I joined a fraternity and, it was just like that, that was, that was easy for me to fit in. Cause it was this party lifestyle and, Oh, Hey, I can party. And I got pretty good at it. And uh, before long, I, I um, got a job at a bar and uh, ended up working there for, I think close to about six years. And, you know, in Kansas city, the bars are open till three in the morning. Um, and then you got to clean up. So you're, you you do not get done with work till 5.00 AM. Well, you, so you kind of live the life of a vampire. And before too long, you end up, kind of similar to the days when I was doing meth. It's like, you know, the circle that you end up running with ends up only being other vampires because they're just, you know, everybody else has got to work in the morning. And so they're not up at 5 a.m. But uh, so it quickly became more than a job. It really became a lifestyle where where we were drinking, you know, to celebrate, drinking when you're happy, drinking when you're sad, drinking because you're at work. It's just, you're just always drinking. At least we were. Um, and and it just got just got to be a, a bad situation and it was like that for for years really um the girl the girl worked at a bar as well and we 
you know, I think I remember when we met, I thought like, man, this girl can party like we can. She's awesome. You know, and, and we got along so great at first. And then, you know, it was just, it just turned really bad, you know, before too long. And uh, yeah, so it was, you know, looking back, you know, I, I wish her the very best and, and all that, but it's, it's a very good thing that we're not in each other's lives anymore. Cause we're just kind of like, kind of like oil and water. And when you throw a little alcohol in there, it only makes it a lot worse. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and that's, that's really interesting too. So it wasn't, again, not a smooth sailing. You made a decision and, and you were done with that lifestyle. Um, I think it's super important that you, you know, identified that you've got that addictive personality and channeling that into other things rather than just trying to stifle it. Um, I'm the same way, you know, I, I call it competitiveness. Um, but I'm addicted to success and competition, I guess. Um, and, and, and I'm, I try and channel that, that energy into, into those situations It's the same for me with, um, you know, and well, we'll go into that in a minute, but, but just the fact that, you know, you, again, you recognize that you fell into those kind of same habits. And I think a lot of people fall into those comfort habits. Now, um, when I say comfort, obviously looking back, you're probably like, I wasn't very comfortable. I was miserable, but at the time that was your comfort. That was your blanket. That was your, whatever your, your warm, you know, your warm blanket at night when you go to bed um, or whatever it is that keeps you comfortable. But uh, that, that, that's what it was for you. And at that moment, that's what you needed. I feel like a lot of people deal with that, uh, especially in their, their journey for fitness or health. Uh, I noticed that a lot of people fall into those habits because it's hard to change. And I, I joke because I used to, you know, when I hit my heaviest at 240 and I'm only five, nine. So I was, I was pretty big dude. I was strong. I was still in the gym every day, but I was not eating right. And I wasn't happy. And I was having lower back pains and knee issues and feet problems whenever I'd hike up the mountain. Um, and for me, uh, my comfort was just eating whatever I wanted to eat. And, and, you know, you eat, to celebrate. And that that's kind of a cultural thing too. You know, everyone eats to celebrate. We always have to have birthday cake. You always have to overeat in Thanksgiving. You always have to overeat at any celebration. There's always some sort of something to eat. And I, I think that um, as you find, you know, I, I would joke and I, I, you know, smack my, my belly and I'd say, man, I put a lot, I invested a lot of money into this. <laughs> Why would I want to get rid of it? Right. There's a lot of time and money right here. And I like uh, that. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, think about all the freaking happy meals and stuff that you put into that belly that make you fat. Um, I, you know, once I finally, uh, like my joking was masking my pain. Right. And I wasn't really happy or comfortable. Same thing in your situation. Sounds like you were comfortable with the drugs and then you were comfortable with the alcohol, the party lifestyle. But then you made, again, you made that move and you're like, you know what, screw it. I'm getting out of here and I'm going to Colorado. I'm getting out of this relationship. And again, relationship with friends, with the, the quote unquote vampires, right? Mm -hmm. That group, the party animals. And this, this girl that didn't want to make that change, she wanted to stay in her blankie and her comfort zone in Kansas City. And you said, screw it. I'm going back out to Colorado. Um, what, what got you to go to Colorado? Uh, just family or, or what was it? Well, I, I, uh, I pretty quickly, you know, after about that, that six years or so, I was, it was, I was started to kind of look around and I worked in a bar district in Kansas city. So it was, you know, almost every, 
every door was a bar. It was about a four, you know, maybe four square, four square blocks that was mostly all bars. And over the years, I got to be good friends with a lot of the other employees at the different bars. And, um, you know, when I referred to other vampires, that, that's who I mean. Um, and, you know, I, so I kind of got to take a look at what, what down that road looks like. So if I stay on this train, you know, I can look down this, down the tracks and see what it looks like. And I, I knew that's not what I want for my life. And I, I totally can understand why people can get sucked into the bar industry because it's, it's fun. It's great. You get to meet a lot of people. You make a lot of money. You have great hours, you know, but when you think about it, it's like, I don't want this to be my forever job. I mean, we had, we had a couple guys at, at the bar that I worked at, you know, one in particular that he, he'd been working there like 20 years. He was like 45 years old being a bartender. That's like, I mean, like, I mean, that's, I'm not, nothing against bartenders, but I'm just saying it was like, I didn't want that to be my forever story. I remember people from college, you know, some years after college, um, you know, coming back to Kansas City and, oh, what are you up to? Yeah, oh, are you still just bartending? You know, and just those two words in front of bartending, still just, you know, to me, that was like, it was just a little stab and they weren't trying to be rude or anything, but it was more of like a, it was a, it was a twisting of a knife that was already in me of like deep down. I know I'm not advancing my life at all, but the money's too good. And I'm having too good of a time to do anything about it. And, uh, um, the catalyst that really made me make that jump was, um, my dad was living here in Colorado and he was, um, you know, in his, his mid seventies at the time, I, I think, and he had smoked his whole life. And, uh, so he was, he was having some pretty serious issues. He was in the hospital and, um, you know, the doctor had called us and I remember it was March, just right around March of 2013. Um, and the doctor said, you know, he's not gonna, no, it was March 13th, it was March 13th. Um, he's not, he's not going to die today or tomorrow, but he's probably never going to get out of the hospital. And um, so that, that day I decided, I was like, I'm moving to Colorado and I'm quitting smoking because I'd been, I'd been smoking for, I think about 11 years. And um yeah, and I just started making the moves to do it. Um, I started talking to the company that I worked with uh, in Kansas City, ended up transferring out here and just kind of piece by piece just made it, made it work. Um, I had, thankfully, the support of, of my sister and brother-in-law. They were, they were instrumental in, in getting me out here and, uh, you know, helping connect me to some of the people that I needed to be connected to once I got here. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was definitely one of the more, more positive moves. Um, you, you mentioned that, you know, I, I decided to leave that one life and go to, you know, I left Kansas City to go here um, and get out of that lifestyle. And to some degree, I did. Um, I came here that first year when I was still with that with that girl. I was still drinking pretty heavily. Um, a lot of times it was just drinking by myself at home because I had this little little apartment. And, you know, I didn't have, you know, for the early period, I didn't really have a lot of friends. Um you know, and the stuff between her and I was, was not going well. So, you know, I used that blanket, uh, in, in drinking and after we had split up and I, that was when I really decided I need to make, make better health choices for myself and join the gym and started to really try to curb my, my drinking by doing things kind of similar to some of the things that you've, you've mentioned on the podcast, like, um, 75 hard, you know, I would do maybe one component of that. Like I would say, I'm going to not drink for 30 days. You know, and, and I remember at the time that was tough, you know, and that 31st day I was, I was drinking. Um, 
you know, and over, over the time I thought, okay, I'm, I'm a little more in control of this, you know, and I was lying to myself for a long time about that. Um, I, I definitely wasn't, my time in Colorado wasn't, I wasn't drinking as often. Uh, but when I did drink, I typically would still drink to in excess. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things that I can't, you know, in my mind that I just think back of that. I'm just embarrassed of, of events like weddings, my sister's wedding. I got embarrassingly drunk at, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of important events. I just can't, I can't take that back. And, uh, you know, it, it was something over the years. I've just, I think in the back of my mind kind of knew that this has got to stop at some point, you know, like you, you need to, you need to stop doing this. And, um, you know, I think I, I was, I was really afraid of making that commitment of giving up alcohol, like I did doing meth and, and then tobacco. Um, but I guess it was September of 2019. I finally, finally made the decision. I need, at the time I didn't, I didn't say I'm going to quit this forever. I just, um, I had made a, a really stupid decision after drinking some, uh, a little too much. And I decided I just need to walk away for a little bit. And, and really as the days started to kind of mount up, um, you know, it, it kind of became, I mean, you, you'd understand this. I mean, it kind of became my competitive side came out and it was like, well, how high can I get this number? of days without, without any alcohol. And, uh, then it was, well, man, I, I might be, I'm getting pretty close to a half, a, half a year. And I got to that point and it's like, well, I definitely don't want to mess that up. You know, let's see if we can get it to a year. And then, you know, it was right around the one year mark. I kind of started thinking, is this, you know, are you ready to say, Hey, I'm done with this forever. And I, I came to the conclusion, um, that I don't necessarily need to make that decision. Like to me, I make a daily decision. Most days it's subconscious um, that I'm gonna not drink today. Um, I'm. I think I just looked on my app on my phone. I'm. I think today's day 443 that I haven't had any alcohol, and that's something that I'm proud of. I mean, some. I. I don't think that alcohol is a bad thing. I think that some people are better suited to handle alcohol than others, and I'm not a person that's in that camp. And so, it took me far too many years to really learn that. I think, but um, I just know that it's something that I'm always going to, I think whether I have a drink again in my life or not, it's something I'm always going to have to be mindful of because it's, you know, there's societal pressures. It's almost like expected that people are going to drink in our society. It's, it's, I've, I've learned in these 443 days that I haven't been drinking. People don't know how to handle it. You know, when you say, when you're at a business function or, or just, you know, you're out and you say, oh no, I'm just having water or something. People want to, it, it becomes a thing. It becomes a topic of conversation why you're not drinking, you know? And it's like, it, it really bothered me at first. Um, it doesn't bother me quite as much now, but um, it, it was, I think one of the biggest things that was eye-opening to me about quitting that, because, you know, some of the other things everybody was really supportive in, but in quitting drinking, the people who were, who I thought would be the most supportive, some of them weren't. Um, some of them kind of even mocked what I was doing and say, oh, you're just being too hard on yourself. And I kind of thought like, well, you're, you're this mentor figure for me. Like, can't you see I'm trying to better myself? Like, why would you, I would assume of all people, you would be on board with this, you know? And um, I think he was just a little upset that I, you know, he was losing the drinking buddy, but um but yeah, it's, you know, the, the people that, that uh, really care about me were supportive throughout this whole thing. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And that's awesome. 
I, uh, <clears throat> I can't comprehend personally what it is to have, again, that, that grip of um, alcohol. Now I know there's some alcoholics in my family. Um, and so that's a, another, like, not that I, honestly, I've never been tempted to drink alcohol. That's a blessing that I've had. But at the same time, like I'm comfortable being around people that do drink and I don't have a problem with that. Um, and I actually kind of make a joke about it. Now I know, again, I'm more comfortable with it because I, I know I've never drank before. Um, so I like to joke about it when people do make those conversations up. I'm like, I'm like, come on, man, I'm, I'm a ginger that drinks souls. Like, that's what I do. Right. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I'm a soul snatcher, but like, you know, I just, I, I like to make jokes about it and make light of it and it kind of goes away, but I can also understand from the point of view of someone who is like you, that is saying, you know, this is a daily decision for me, which I want to go back to that in a minute, but that that would be not comfortable to have those conversations. And I do find it interesting that it's almost like a crabs in a bucket mentality where, you know, they feel like you need to drink too, or they feel bad about it. Well, they, one, they shouldn't feel bad about drinking if they're comfortable with that. And two, you know, they should be comfortable with you drinking whatever you want. Like, you know, if you showed up with a, a beer bottle and it was full of water, they wouldn't notice the difference. And no one else drinking your drink. Right. You know, uh, so I, I I've never I've never completely understood that, except for the idea of now they're feeling comfortable around me, which I don't understand why. You know, um, I always found it funny when I would go to parties and people would drink around me in high school. I was always a designated driver, uh, you know, after high school and um, legally people were able to drink. <laughs> and uh, and it was funny to me. I, I always enjoyed it because people would say things that they normally, it was like a social lubricant, you know? And I, I laughed, I had a good time being sober because I got to see all the silly things they were doing. <laughs> but, but I can, I can understand how that would be uncomfortable. Um, and that's unfortunate, you know, that you're noticing that people that you look up to as a mentor, and maybe they're not a mentor for your health, you know, maybe they're more of a mentor in your career or other things. Um, and, and I've had to take a step back and learn that as well, that even like maybe my dad or my grandpa or people that I always looked up to recognizing that they're not perfect and, but they can be my mentor in X, Y, Z thing, maybe two or three things, but in this aspect, I don't want to look up to them because they're not the experts in that, you know? Um, so it's, it's interesting that you've, <clears throat> excuse me, that you've found that. Uh, with, with some of your friends and people that you thought would be most supportive. Uh, I want to go back to your, you're saying your daily, well, first of all, congratulations on 443 days. That's amazing, dude. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I'm not good at math, but that's more than a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that's amazing. That's really good. That, that's, uh, that's a big accomplishment, man. Uh, so you, I mean, you've overcome, you know, hard drugs, uh, tobacco, which is another, I grew up in North Carolina and, you know, that, that see tobacco everywhere. Um, you know, everyone smokes. It's just a thing that people do. Uh, people are better at driving. I don't, my uncle tried to explain it to me one time that like, he felt like he was missing an arm when he was trying to give up smoking, you know, like he, he got so used to manipulating his phone and driving and things with a cigarette that when he didn't have it, he felt weird. Like he was missing a part of himself. Um, <clears throat> so I can't imagine that being a comfortable situation either. So the fact that you gave up, you know, the hard drugs and then tobacco and now alcohol, 
I love that you say it's a daily decision. Um, so for some people that can be daunting, uh, and, and that's that, but the way that you take it and, and you're not making promises to yourself that you don't know if you're going to be able to keep, mm-hmm. because, um, you know, if you say I'm never forever, ever going to drink again. And then the day that you do have that drink, if you choose to right? it's, you have the power. And if you choose to take that drink, now you've broken that promise to yourself. And I, I find that's super powerful promises that you make to yourself or more powerful than anything else uh, in, in this world, I feel like between, you know, for those out there that, that, are, that believe in God, between you and God, those covenants that you make, which is the two-way promise, or a covenant that you make with yourself, it's, a, it's obviously two ways because it's you and you. Um, I think that's huge. And so being comfortable and knowing that you don't want to make a promise to yourself and then potentially breaking that, which would spiral you out of control, knowing that you broke a promise to yourself. Whereas if you make a daily goal to yourself, like ah, today, I don't need that. And then that's a promise you can keep every single day. I, I think there's a lot of power in that. And then you look, like you said, you get competitive and you're like, I'm not going to let six months, six months, dude, that's a lot of work. I'm going to go for a year. You know, I, I totally get that as well. That's awesome. Um, and I apply that cause I'm a bad, I'm a bad spender. My wife's the saver. I'm the spender. And so I make it a game to where like, if I want to save, it has to almost be like a competition, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to put this much in the, in the, in this account after this paycheck, you know, like, (laughs) Oh man, can you do it? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Like I'm going to, I'm not going to spend it on this because this is more important, you know, Um, or going in and seeing my kids college funds go up or, you know, things like that. Um, turning that, taking that competitive because I'm addictive to, or I've got an addictive behavior, which is spending, you know, it burns a hole in my pocket. Well, I'm just going to channel that into something else, you know, um, same thing with fitness, health, uh, food, food is super addicting for me. Um, pizza is my, that's my kryptonite. I could eat a large pizza every day and never get tired of it. <laughs> um, and finding recipes for me that allow me to eat that same amount for half to a quarter of the calories um, is something that I, you know, you just have to, again, going back to the tinkering and the daily promises to yourself, like today I'm going to do this. And then, you know, tinkering with hey, that didn't taste so good last time. I'm going to add this and to meet that goal, you know, whatever it is. I think that's awesome. Um, and, and it sounds like, you know, it wasn't again, smooth sailing. It wasn't just, I'm done. And, and you were done, you know, you, you were done with one thing, you moved on to the next, and you were done with that, you moved on to the next, and then you were done with that. And so you're, you're taking those steps, which is, is awesome. Um, and I, I, again, I, I don't comprehend that specific struggle that you've had to deal with, because I, I haven't personally dealt with that. But I know that those are not easy things to overcome. And uh, so I congratulate you on that. That's a, that's a big accomplishment. So um, let me, let me know how, Tell us a little bit here about uh, how the outdoors kind of has played a role into that. Once you recognized, you know, you, you broke up with that toxic relationship, um, you realized you were not, you were heavier than where you wanted to be. Um, and then you start, you know, you realize you looked around, and you're like, wow, these mountains are not flat like Kansas. I'm not in Kansas anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, what am I going to do with these big things out my back window? You know, but what, what was kind of the, the spark that got you, to go take advantage of those big old mountains. 
it was it was almost like a big big to-do list you know it was it was kind of when I, because I was in a new place I mean I'd, I had already been here about a year but you know mentally I was still in Kansas City you know emotionally I was still in Kansas City for that year and it wasn't until that relationship ended where it was like okay it's time for me to establish myself here and and create a life for myself because that previous year I was I was trying to create a life for what was going to be us and um but but yeah I, I just tried to be open to, to new experiences and and you know there's there's such beauty and peace in nature you know whether you just go out for a small a small walk or something like that even you know you don't necessarily have to go crazy in the in the woods to get the benefits of it I mean it's just I don't I don't really know how to put it into words like when you're when you're connected with nature like that when you're out in the woods I mean camping or doing those kinds of things it's it's just a feeling that that I, I don't I can't really explain it feels it feels incredible um and I think my love for the outdoors has really you know the roots really really started to grow deep um as my career had progressed and you know, I work work in, in finance in corporate America and so that's about as far away from the outdoors as you can get and uh so it was by the time weekends came around or vacations came around it was like I couldn't wait to get out to the outdoors because I'd been in an office all week and you know, like a lot of people, you know, I love what I do, but I, I work to live and, and not live to work. Um, so, you know, to me, it's, I work so that I can do the things in the outdoors that I love. Um, you know, one of the, the, my, my current girlfriend, one of the reasons that we had, um, I think clicked so well together is, is she's all about the outdoors too. She's a big, big trail runner. Um, she's been skiing for a lot of years. Um, she's, I think she did a lot more um, like road biking, but when, when her and I got together, she got into mountain biking too. So um, it, was, it, it was just kind of a it's better let's, mountain biking is better than road biking. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's I would like, agree. it's like pounding the pavement versus trail running. I could trail run. I hate running. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, she does the big, the big ones she's done. Um, you know, trail marathons in, in Moab. She did, she did, uh, the Pikes Peak marathon this last year, which was a longtime goal of hers. Uh, and that's, you know, a Pikes Peak is a, one of the 14,000 foot mountains here in Colorado. It's just right, right in our backyard here. And, um, so the Pikes Peak marathon is you run, you run up and down. Um, you know, there's, there's the half or the Pikes Peak ascent is just up, but I mean, just walking up that mountain is incredibly hard. And, and she went and ran up and down it. So I, was I think say, she you know that Kevin Hart meme where he like takes the microphone and he like peeks out from the side. He's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my reaction just now when you're like, she ran up and down. I'm like, I just want to hike up and down that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's impressive. I mean, I, I, the, the training that she put in to do it. And I mean, it was a, she had two pretty massive hip surgeries, um, I guess probably four or five years ago and uh, had to kind of relearn how to walk and everything. So, so getting, reaching this goal for her, I mean, I, I unfortunately wasn't, wasn't there. Um, you know, it was, it was huge for her and I'm, I'm really proud of her for doing that. Um, but I, you know, I think one of the things that I like about people that I want to have in my life is that kind of mindset of, I want to go do some really awesome things that are going to challenge me, you know? And I think that's, that's one of the things that I admire about you as well is that 
you know, you're, you're a very different Jonathan than the guy that I met in February of 2020. You know, you're, I mean, you, you physically look a lot different, but you're, I, I mean, I would consider you the same, I would say breed as I am in terms of your addiction. You're just addicted to the, to the, to some not harmful things, you know, and you, you dive right in. I mean, with what you've done with uh, bow hunting, you know, the, with exercise, with the nutrition that you, you know, thankfully, I mean, you, you keep, keep us all up to date through your Instagram stories and stuff. But I mean, that, that, that is where you've put a ton of effort in and, and the results show not only in your physical appearance, but just your overall sense of happiness, you know, and, and you know, I, one of the other things, I mean, I think the, you know, I think that's, those are the reasons, one of the reasons why you and I clicked really well. Um, but I, I, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily have the same ingredients to this, to this mix, but one of the other things I've really admired about you is that you're, you're a really good family man. You know, you're, you're, that was, that was clear from day one, one of the first classes that you had spoke. I mean, you mentioned, I think the, the fact that you don't work on Sundays, you know, and, and, and a lot of the things that you discuss, I mean, you're, you are dedicated to your family and that's, I don't have a family, you know, other than my, my brothers and sisters and, and things like that. So I, I don't necessarily understand it, but I can, I can tell, tell you that, you know, your, your family's very lucky to have you because not all, not all men are like you. I appreciate that, man. I, uh, and I, guys, I promise I didn't pay him to say any of that. Okay. <laughs> um, so no, but for real, I, I appreciate that. I, it's, it's some of those things kind of like that promise that you make to yourself daily. Um, one of my non-negotiables from the moment I started working was I will not work on Sunday. I'll work all the Saturdays you want. And no matter how unfortunate that may be. Um, but from the very, from the very young age of uh, 14, 15, when I started working, um, all my job interviews, that was my one thing that I would tell them. I was like, I'll work nights, uh, Saturdays, everything you want, but Sunday. And that stemmed from, you know, my belief of my, my church belief that I have, or my religious belief of, of that day being dedicated to Christ when I was uh, younger. And now that I've developed and I have my own family, um, you know, the same thing, you know, it's dedicated to my family. And, and so I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I try and share that with others. Um, and that's the main reason why I share so much on Instagram. My wife says I post a little too much, but, uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that I don't post because it's more sacred and close to me. Um, but things that I do put up there is to hopefully motivate people so that they can develop that discipline because, you know, that motive. And I, I talked about this in the last podcast, that motivation is temporary. And that's why I post that quote every day. I post my nutrition. Um, I hop on the story at least once a day just to hopefully someone will be scrolling through and that gets them out of bed or off the couch or whatever to go do something. And then that consistency of just showing up will develop that discipline. Kind of like what you've, you've mentioned, you know, that you do. Um, it takes a lot of training. You just recently did something too that I wanted to bring up. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that in just a minute. Your, uh, was it 50, 50 miles? Mountain bike oh, the, the 50k 50k so 50K. i guess it'd be about 30 30 some miles 32 we'll, maybe we'll 33 miles. miles okay <laughs> <laughs> that sounds better yeah yeah the, the 50k um man i've got flashbacks of my 5k row that i just did the other day that was terrible uh yeah, no. <laughs> I, yeah that looked terrible <laughs> um no so so yeah it's it, it's definitely uh you know 
it's a motivation because you were motivated to get into mountain biking and you had this motivation, then, then you, you were, you were disciplined to go do that. So we'll talk about that in a minute. I love what you said. I know it's a phrase that gets used uh, pretty often, but work to live, not live to work. I love that you understand that it's a means to an end. That's not your life. You don't dedicate your life to corporate America, um, to your, to your job. Um, you have a fur baby and you've got a girlfriend and you've got a love for the outdoors and so you, once you clock out, you're done. You don't take that with you. You just, you clock out and you're, and you're gone. Um, something too, that you've done that I thought was pretty cool. I don't think I'd be able to do it with kids. Um, but I do like that you traveled with a trailer. Um, you had a, you know, that the RV behind you, um, or travel trailer, whatever people want to call it, but behind your awesome truck. And, uh, and you just, you lived out of the trailer for, was it about a year, right? No, it was, it was about, about three months. I mean, it felt okay. like it could have been about a year. It, yeah. felt, it, was a, it was a long time. It was most, most all of last summer. Um, mm -hmm. you know, with the, once they sent us home from work, uh, I had, I had my previous dog Jun Juniper at the time and she was a 12 year old pit bull. And, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, if this, I hope it's not her last summer, but if it is, I don't want her to spend her last summer just sitting here at home with me in my spare bedroom while I look at my computer all day. And, uh, got got kind of the crazy idea to 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 do it and um i started you know i we uh, i try to i try to look look at things from all angles before i dive head head first i mean i'm I'm all about diving head first but i want to make sure that there's you know a couple feet of water underneath at least um so i was trying to figure out if i was if i was going to make that work and if i could make it work could i do zoom calls from how could i make sure that i'm always connected to the internet and and it took a couple of weeks of, of tinkering to, to figure it out. And, um, finally just, just made the leap and, and got the trailer and, and hit the road. And it was, it was one of the best experiences that I've, that I've ever had in my life. Um, you know, I was by myself, uh, just me and my dog, my girlfriend would, would a few times she would fly out to where I was and we'd spend maybe a long weekend together or something. But for the most part, it was just me and my dog in the woods. And, um, she uh, she unfortunately passed away while we were on the road. Um, we were in, I guess we were close to uh, Lake Tahoe, and she ended up she had had some some uh, cancer growing inside of her, and it uh, you know it became time to that it, I had to make that decision. And so, while as hard as that was to make that decision, um, you know I, anybody who's had to make that decision, they they know that in that moment they're doing the right thing. Um, you know, as difficult as that was it was almost beautiful in the same way because I know for a fact that that dog had the best two and a, last two and a half months that any dog could ever have. She got to see more of the country than most people see in their lifetime, you know? And so, um, the fact that she died on the trip, it, it put a damper in the, in the trip, but, um, you know, it just made me that much more happy that I did it for her. Yeah. That's amazing. And that, that kind of alludes to me that, um, you'll be a great dad. If you ever choose, again, I don't force people into getting kids. Cause if you don't want to have kids, don't have kids, please don't have kids. If you don't want them, <laughs> but if you do choose to have children, if you're treating, you know, your fur baby that way, I can only imagine, uh, one, you know, a child that's actually a portion you, um, and how you would treat them. But again, like I, I always tell people, I'm like, I always knew I was going to be a dad. I jumped right into it right after I got back from my mission. Um, where I served in Mexico for two years, but that's something that I always knew. It was like a, almost like a calling for me. Like I knew I was going to do that. 
uh, I always tell people, I'm like, if you don't think you can handle kids, if you've got any kind of doubt like that, um, don't do it until you're ready. (laughs) It's, it's definitely not, it's not a status symbol or anything in my eyes anyway. It's just, um, to me, it's a blessing and, and, uh, but anyway, that's awesome that you, that you were able to, to do that trip. And I, I remember you mentioning that to me now. Um, and that, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you, I mean, you've had, Oh, go ahead. You guys think you're, do you guys think you're done with, with having kids or are you, yeah. or are you wanting to have more? No, my son Asher is enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was the nail in the coffin. <laughs> no, Esther is a, she's a ball of sunshine and Asher is the future lawyer. So, um, <laughs> everything's an argument with that kid. Everything needs an explanation. Everything is a word game. And, uh, no, I just think like my wife and I realized that we, like, we want to put everything we can into our kids. And then, uh, and, and then after that, we want to have time for ourselves. You know, we want to do things together as well. Cause, uh, so my wife had three kids previous to, to us getting married. And so we never really had that just me and her time. Mm-hmm. It's always, it jumped into Insta dad and then, uh, and us, you know, being parents. Um, and so, yeah, we, we've kind of discussed that and that's kind of what we're, what we're aiming for. We want to give the, the most that we can to our kids, make them productive members of society, hopefully, and then kick them out. And, uh, and then when they have kids, we'll go steal the grandkids and, and take them away. So, <laughs> so we can return them whenever they're being spoiled brats. No, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big decision to have kids. And, and I mean, you, you just, uh, adopted a, a puppy and you seem to be taking, taking really good care of her. And I'm sure she's living the spoiled best life that she can. Um, but I, I just want to ask you a couple, couple more things here. Um, cause I, I love that you mentioned that it's just kind of an intangible when you get outdoors, uh, whether you're mountain biking, um, again, you take some awesome videos and, and sh- the ones that you share anyway, um, I kind of freaks me out. Cause I'm like, I don't know how you, like, I wouldn't even want to walk down that, let alone ride a bike down there. <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, you do a little, you dabble in hunting. Um, you've gone out at least the last two years that, that I know of and, and hunted for elk, um, during rifle season. Uh, but you know, just that you, you mentioned just getting out and unplugging, there's something that is, there's an intangible there. And that's kind of what draws me as well to the outdoors. I love sharing it with my kids, just like you were mentioning, you love sharing it with, with your, your puppies and uh, my kids, my family, my loved ones. Um, I, I love that. I, I love, you know, when they ask me, Hey dad, when are we going to go on a hike again? Cause sometimes it's a fight. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm not gonna lie on our Sunday hikes, it's dragging Asher because he's, he doesn't want to, he just wants to, to relax and hang out. Um, and then this last Sunday he was like, dad, when, you know, when are we going to go on our hike today? And so, you know, things like that and creating those habits. Um, I had on the back to you right there. I know, (laughs) right. That (laughs) That was a happy dad moment. I couldn't let him see that though. I was like, yeah, I guess you're right, Asher. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> play it off. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got to make him feel like he's got some control there. Um, but no, yeah, it's it's awesome. I I love it. There's times where, um, you know, when when I go, there's certain hunts that I go on that are a little bit uh, not as demanding physically, uh, like going turkey hunting. There's a property that my friend has that uh, during the the private turkey hunting season 
or private property season here in Utah, um, I'll take my kids with me and, uh, and, and they can enjoy that whether or not we get anything, um, you know, teaching them that we don't always get something when I go out. Um, this is what daddy does when he is out hunting, et cetera. Um, and then when I do harvest an animal, especially if it's close here, you know, bringing that home to them um, in the back of the truck and they can see, you know, I explain where the arrow went in or where, <clears throat> where the, the bullet went in. Um, so they can have that experience and know that meat doesn't, doesn't just pop up in the freezer. Um, you know, that, that an animal gave its life uh, for that. And so, yeah. um, all of that's, you know, pretty special having them test out different, uh, different ways that I cook the meat. Um, unfortunately my wife is still not convinced that game meat is good to eat. <laughs> it's not that she's, she just, she doesn't like the flavor of it. Um, no matter how I cook it, but, um, you know, the kids have tried heart, they've, they try different roasts and steaks and, um, and so just introducing them into that to the point where actually Asher, uh, had to draw what his favorite food was. Um, and he drew a deer on the plate that they had. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and then what was the other thing that he drew? Um, his least favorite thing. And he drew me and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, what do you mean? I said, well, you don't like me? Like what in the world? He's like, no, it's you without a deer, but I couldn't draw the deer because it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that kid cracks me up. That's but um, <laughs> anyway, I just want to ask you real quick, uh, just to kind of wrap things up. A big question uh, that I ask myself and, and what drives me the underlying of everything that I do um, what is your why? Uh, what, what is the, what is your why? I don't know if you've read this book. Let me grab it really quick. I've, I've suggested this book to so many people. I don't know if you've read it or not. Is that, I don't know if it's backwards to you or not. Uh, to start with why. Yeah. So have you yeah, read I've, that? I've not read that. No. Okay. You should grab a copy of that. That's an amazing book by Simon. I'm going to mispronounce his last name. Sinek. So Simon is normal spelling. And then S-I-N-E-K. And I recommend that to just about anyone. That was one of the first books that I started when I did 75 Hard the first time uh, in 2020. And um, it just talks about finding your inner, what is the reason you get up every morning? And what is the reason why you are disciplined in what you do? And that can be anything with your career. That can be with the outdoors, your fitness, nutrition, all the things that I'm passionate about. Um, but what, what would you say is your why? Yeah, I, I actually have been thinking about that a little bit recently. Um, because I, you must've mentioned it on one of your podcasts or in one of your stories or something. And I got to thinking of what, what is my why? I mean, I've got to have one because I, you know, I've gotten this far, I guess, in life. And, and really the best answer I could come up with is just to, just to be the better, a better version of myself. I know that, I know that there's always going to be a better one more step to take that I can take to, to, to better myself and improve myself. Um, you know, I, I want to have as much fun in my life as I can possibly have. And, and so the things that I like to do for fun, a lot of them are physically demanding. So the better that, I, the better I am, the better shape that I'm in and the better fueled my body is the better I'm going to perform doing the things that I love that bring me all the fun that really makes, makes life worth living. Um, so I, I think it's an internal why, you know, which I, when I came to that conclusion, I kind of thought like, is that, 
is that even an, can I can that be my answer? I don't I don't know, <laughs> but I I think that's the best answer I can give. It's just that I I want to be a better version of myself tomorrow than I was today, and just keep doing that every day. I like it, I like it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's super important to to have that you know, and and for you to have overcome the things that you overcome, you have to have that. And sometimes you know you, I, I ask a lot of people that anyone that I have a good sit down conversation about this kind of as whether it be nutrition, health, fitness, uh, outdoor stuff, I'll ask them that, you know, what's your why? And a lot of people don't have an answer, but I kind of challenge them to think about it because if they're wanting to make a change, if you're wanting to make those changes that you've made in your life, you have to have something underlying that is stronger than the will to go and drink or the will to go back to your old habits. Um, you have something there. And then once you recognize that it's again, going back to the, the choice that you're giving yourself the power, not the thing, the power. Uh, and so when you have a, why, you know, you have the power, you know, what your why is and why you're doing what you do. Uh, and for you, obviously, you know, not, not having kids or a spouse, so you do have a significant other, you've got a girlfriend, um, but also having that internal why is even more important because you're holding yourself to that. And that will eventually, like for me, um, my why is that I want to help people live better and more successful lives, including myself, right? Um, but I want to help people live healthier so that they can enjoy their family, their loved ones, their friends, the outdoors, and that entails nutrition, fitness, and faith in something. Uh, and that's why I focus on those things is because that's what I want. That is my why. And so, um, you know, obviously that starts with my family and then that moves out to my, my extended family and friends that I call family. And then it goes out from there. Anyone who wants to, who's kind of drawn to that, uh, to that circle is that's why I do it. And so, um, it, yours, obviously you want to make the boat, the mess, sorry, the best of your life. You want, you want to make the most of your life and you want to enjoy everything that life has to offer uh, your puppy, your significant other, uh, you know, work, you want to become the best at your work. You want to become the best mountain biker that you can, uh, you want to, I don't know, maybe you want to run Pikes Peak, I mean, maybe you want to die. I didn't know. <laughs> no, That's but, probably what, what would happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, man collapses on Pike's Peak. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but, but, but really though, like that's, that's super important and reviewing that, you know, once a week um, and it can change. Obviously if you get married and you have kids, it might change slightly. I think it's but should. even then, <laughs> but even then you still want to be healthy because you want to make the best out of life. And at that point, the best out of life may change from just adventuring to, you know, making the best life for your kids, but you're mm -hmm. still wanting to make the best out of your life. Right. So finding that why is super important. So yeah, I, I definitely highly recommend reading that book to, to you and anyone that's listening. Um, that's definitely one of my favorite books. Uh, along with, I've got a whole litany of other books that I, I could recommend, but that's definitely, that's definitely a big one. Um, well, cool. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll check that out. Thank you. Do you have anything else that you want to share before we wrap up? Uh, just 
thank you for having me on here. This was this was a really cool experience. I know you had a recent milestone with with having a thousand a thousand listeners on the podcast. So you know this is I've never done anything like this. So this was this was awesome. It was um, it was great kind of learning a little bit. I mean we've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last couple of years, but. Uh, just, I don't know that we've had a sit down conversation like this for an hour. So this was, this was nice and I, I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for being willing to share your story. Cause I, we didn't delve this deep into it um, during the residency, but I knew there was something there that, that I feel like a lot of people can, can get value out of because you, you've overcome some significant struggles that again, I can't share because I've never done that. And to me, that's, that's super impressive. Those are things that a lot of people struggle with. And then even just the idea of having that comfort, you know, that blanket, what I would call it, something that people go back to um, repeatedly over and over and over again, they get stuck in that rut. The fact that you've been able to get out of three of them, at least, <laughs> if not more, if you're including you know, any other toxic relationships that you've had, you've overcome a lot in your life and you're, you're becoming a better you every day but you're also extremely successful at what you do uh, as of right now. And so that to me, was impressive and why I wanted to bring you on today. So uh, thanks for joining us. And um, yeah, uh, as I always say, get out, live your life and love it. <laughs>